we've learned anything from these past couple of years, my fellow Americans, is that personal medical freedom and liberty are in crisis. America Out Loud Pulse brings together the top experts in healthcare-related fields to keep you a beat ahead. Thank you for joining us once again this week on America Out Loud Pulse with Dr. Jordan Vaughn. I'm Dr. Stuart Tankersley, and it's important that we acknowledge uh, the reason for the season. It is that the creator of the universe came down to save us from ourselves. Our Lord is uh, benevolent, uh, a little more benevolent and with a stronger ethos than that of uh, King uh, God Fauci. Uh, Tony Fauci uh, in a, an interview that he gave this week. Jordan? Ethics and life are, I think, enough to keep me going on the right path. And I think that the, there are enough negative aspects about the organizational church mm-hmm. uh, that you're very well aware of. I, I'm not against it. I identify myself as a Catholic. I was raised, I was baptized, I was confirmed, I was married in the church. My children were baptized in the church. But as far as practicing it, it seems almost like a pro forma thing that I don't really need to do. So, Stuart, uh, it's pretty amazing. I guess we need to start the Fauci religion or the Fauci practicing believers. Oh, it's up and going full strength, isn't it? I, I was, that was quite a comment. Again, as a Christian, I think that's pr- pretty, pretty hard to swallow. Again, I mean, I'm not saying the organized church ha- ha- doesn't have its problem. In fact, I think the fact that it has a problem uh, is just more indication that we are in need of a savior more than it is that we, <laughs> um, uh, that it is itself the saving thing, uh, meaning that man is, uh, Anything man organizes is always going to have its problems because man at its core is sinful. But uh, evidently, um, as they're walking around through this, uh, this place, they are um, not, or at least Fauci himself is not in need uh, because he's found his ethic and his ethic is above that ethic uh, of uh, the church. Yeah, it is clear that he is the king or he is the lead god of the uh, scientism uh, because he represents the science. Uh, He has found a new faith, it looks like, and it is centered around mm, him. Uh, And uh, as we've mentioned before, what's uh, troubling is that his wife, who he appointed, who got he uh, got appointed to her position, which is the ethicist, the lead ethicist for the clinical side of national of, of the United States' uh, National Institute of Health, NIH. She is in charge of ethics for the clinical side. So the two of those people, he and his wife, uh, clearly are the gods of uh, the Lister Hill campus. Uh, it used to be the Lister Hill uh, campus at NIH was the largest brick building in America maybe the world. I don't know if that's still the case, but uh, it is a uh, sad place these days, obviously. Yeah, I'll tell you, it was interesting when they actually asked that question. And originally, I thought they were talking about practicing as a physician um, until they... uh, (laughs) Which she doesn't do. Yeah, 
but I, I, I was kind of surprised when they went into practicing, um, practicing Catholic. Um, well, one thing I will, you know, kind of ask is where this ethic stood uh, when he was evaluating whether gain of function research in a closed communist country uh, against the uh, law of the land uh, funding that where does, where does that fall into his ethic? I'd love to know. Cause that seems a very, um, at least to me uh, from the Christian ethic um, and, and in general, just Judeo Christian ethic that it probably is not the, that's probably not a great decision, but maybe that's, that's where we messed up. Stewart is we were evaluating him on the ethics that we are used to. Yeah. Not the ethics that he has set up. Yeah, so. he, he clearly has, because the Catholic Church has all these awful problems uh, that are so much beneath him. And so he has clearly created his, uh, his own uh, faith system that uh, is, has led to this horrible catastrophe with the loss of millions already and further loss because of Anthony Fauci and Dasik and Barrick. And, of course, Collins takes credit for it as well. Francis Collins has to take credit for it as well. I wonder if they, if he and uh, Francis Collins, the supposed self-proclaimed Christian, uh, ever had any dialogue about this. Uh, because uh, clearly um, the, the faith of Fauci is not consistent with that of the Scriptures. And uh, if uh, Francis Collins... Has any if he is a if he does believe in Jesus, does he have any misgivings about uh, old Anthony Tony now? Yeah, it's it's an interesting. Uh, you know, the funny thing about all of this is when you compare it to somebody like Robert Redfield, who is a you know a God fearing man who understands that our position, especially in the world as well as within uh, the health sciences, is to understand in many ways God's design uh, for us. Uh, you can see a very different, I think I've, I've always felt that this is probably the way Fauci, um, uh, probably as as many, uh, probably like Nancy Pelosi or other people or Joe Biden clothed themselves in their Catholicness. Um, it is kind of a heart reveal here that uh, he says he's Catholic. He says he says he's Catholic. You know, he's Culturally Catholic, yeah. Uh, But when you think about all that has been done, it it always seemed to be in the vein of a very humanistic humanistic ethos. And there's no better humanistic ethos than uh, what I think as a human is going to be my ethic. Yeah, I think of all the, the ridiculous, horrible things he has said. You know, you look back on... Uh, George Washington, you look at his farewell address, or you look at Eisenhower's um, farewell address, you look at key people, Churchill and John Paul II, you look at key historical figures, and uh, there are some speeches that they give that indicate really who they are, and that are well uh, represented in um, teaching people. Uh, in, in books and everything, biographies and everything. They really give you an insight into the soul of the man. And uh, I hope and pray that this one-minute clip 
is the most in the in the annals of history that this is the most um, important quote going forward to reveal that nobody misses out on this quote to reveal the heart of this fool i mean it is appalling this this epitomizes america today the world today the spirit of the age as some say how this fool with such immense authority i think over his uh, 40 plus years in in the lead at nai niaid uh, i think he gave uh, dispensed almost a trillion dollars 900 billion dollars in awards and grants he had immense uh, control over the uh, medical industry in so many important ways and then he just revealed who was in charge of all that and i hope looking back on this years and years and years from now that one clip is played more than any other because it should serve as a major warning to anybody in a position of authority about the 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 importance of humility versus hubris because this guy i hope that uh if there is justice in this world he will spend the remaining days in great agony in um imprisoned somewhere in a dark deep hole because his uh you know we're still funding gain of function research i think uh um We'll play this clip later, but Dr. Steve Quay is interviewed by Dr. Uh, Victor Davis Hanson, and uh, they're talking about we're still out of the 24,000 employees from NIH. We're still paying for 50 to 60 people to do gain-of-function research like we've not learned any lessons, and all at the behest of this fool. Unbelievable. And then, of course, uh, another example that we talked about two weeks ago was Henry Kissinger, his untimely demise. Wish it had happened decades before. But um, uh, this guy, unbelievable. I think I don't think there's a more important clip that we've played in the last three year, in the last year and a half, two years, than that clip right there. The guy that's been running well, it, the show it reveals what we thought. Yeah, and again, I think. Um... It's from from his mouth. You know, that's the interesting thing. Um, so, uh, but I had always worried that um, his real God uh, was himself. And maybe maybe his consultations with his wife, as they yeah. are the the ethicist of our time, yeah. um, makes you know is a, is a sad sad. Um, uh, and again, I think that's where, you know, the physical sciences and the applied sciences, when we're talking about treating people, souls, individuals, is very different. Um, and I think it has that has to be as, uh, um, you know, many people have said. I mean, that's that's what's so different about medicine is is you are actually are taking care of a, a person, a, someone who's an image bearer of God. So. Not an image bearer of Tony. Exactly. But, uh, wow. When I heard that, I, I had to replay it because I couldn't believe what I was hearing. You know, just 
I just amazing this guy would be at the head of the helm, um, at the helm with um, for the last forty plus years in medicine research in our country and in the world. And uh, now, had we known this then, maybe we need to interview people a little more stringently going forward. Yeah, I think um, you know, and again, I think bureaucracy. The way that a lot of stuff works in that world is, is uh, the people that win out. I think, in some ways, are their own god. I think that's how they win. I know that sounds pretty pretty bad, but most political people, I think, have to have some type of self awareness that I like. Meaning, they they don't have the self awareness that the typical person does. To put, you know, they have to be almost in a sense, a narcissist, but, um, uh, which to get to where they are. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, the Lord tells us many times that the wise in the end times, the wise will be proven as fools and the fools will be proven as wise. And, uh, this is, he is the ultimate fool. Um, unbelievable. But, but, you know, it was another sad thing that was said in this interview another part of this interview that was so sad is how, what a sycophant this lady is. Um, uh, Katie Kay, I think her name is. Uh, But she was so fawning over him. I mean, it was like um, so nauseating that she would have been so um, deprecating and uh, reverential, I guess is the best word to think about. She was being reverential toward him. Uh, there was no, uh, into, you know, uh, journalistic integrity demonstrated by this lady. And uh, Katie Kay of the BBC. But um, at one point she says, you know, a lot of people don't like you. A lot of people, whether it's 20, 80, 80, 20, 50, 50, a lot of people don't. How do you handle that? I mean, it's so it's such a petty question. But, you know. It was, it was embarrassing if you're in the field of journalism, I'm sure, or it should be. But um, <laughs> this is where we are, and this is where we've been. We'll see if we get out of it, but it certainly can't be by things like this, uh, exemplified by this woman. And, of course, the full subject of her interview. Yeah, it's, again, even the way she interviews him, is it's pretty obvious her, her, uh, which side of the camp she's on. And I guess to me, that's probably evidence of a lack of objective journalist. So with that, this is Dr. Jordan Vaughn, Dr. Stuart Tinkersley with America Out Loud Pulse. Always one beat ahead. We will be back. World-class care from doctors you can trust all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like Freedom from Big Pharma, Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. 
It's the way healthcare should be with a company that shares your values. Go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Today's high-stress, on-the-go lifestyle makes it hard to stay heart-healthy. Lifestyle changes like exercise and diet are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support three aspects of heart health, cholesterol, blood pressure, and triglycerides, with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients. You would need to take 13 pills to get the same amount of nutrients in each gel pack. And these great-tasting gels come in a small packet. Tear off the top, shoot it down, or mix it in water. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 25% off. Lean. Pure with premium ingredients. Global Healing's Pure Plant Protein offers 20 grams of protein per scoop, and it's a perfect way to maintain and build lean muscle while indulging yourself. It combines enzymes and probiotics to maximize nutrient absorption, improving digestion, and your gut health. Available in vanilla and chocolate flavors, elevate your protein consumption while supporting your overall wellness with pure plant protein. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. Changing the world one person at a time. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. notice how the bigger the tragedy is, the harder it is for the people responsible to apologize. If I rear-end your car and crease your bumper, I'm happy to jump out and say, I'm sorry, I can't believe I did that. But if I were to say, invade Iraq under false pretenses and kill a million people and spend a trillion of your dollars doing it, I wouldn't say a word. I would never admit that was a bad idea. I couldn't. It implicates me too profoundly. The same goes for if I say, locked your kids inside for a year and destroyed their brains and prevented them from getting an education. Or if I say, forced you to take a vax that didn't work, that very well might have hurt you. I could never admit that I did that. 
I just couldn't. Because if I admitted it, I'd have to suffer the consequences. I think Tucker Carlson here is making quite a good point. It's one point that I think foundationally we have said from day one is going to be the key to getting over this. But what are the word, the words that we have used is, and it's something that each of us as Christians do every day is repent, right? Amen. But repentance requires admittance. Is that it probably rhymes, but in a sense, uh, you can't really say you're sorry unless you even admit to doing something wrong. I have this problem with my five-year-old all the time. Um, what did you do before you say you're sorry? Because yeah. uh, without knowing what you're sorry for, sorries are um, kind of a, a lame a lame use of language. Yeah. And uh, he's talking, he's, it's an important interview with... Uh, I think the smartest guy in Washington, uh, Massey, Representative Massey out of Kentucky, who genius of a dude, but he, <laughs> when he gets on something, you may as well uh, give up if you're on the other side because he will trap you time and time and time again, like we've heard. But uh, yeah, there's no excuse for what's going on other than hubris, greed, uh, pride. You know, it's all because of God Fauci. And uh, his his religion, the faith of Fauci and others like him. Which uh, how how do you expect a guy who has no no qualms other than his own ethos to come around and accept what damage and danger he has done and and death he has wrought? Uh, there is very little hope outside of that of uh, the hope that we celebrate this week. Um. <laughs> Uh, by the way, we aren't going to be on next week, but uh, we'll be back after the new year. But, um, yeah, it's just amazing. It's simply amazing that um, you know, they co they keep coming back. To, we keep coming back to the same thing, and we've been doing it since May of 20. Um, the hubris and, and greed and malevolence of these people knows no limits, apparently. And, uh, yeah. And again, it goes back to without admitting, um, as we investigate or try to figure out what's going wrong in this world uh, in terms of life expectancy crumbling. Um, and even uh, there was a new uh, report out of the Canadian government as life expectancy plummets in Canada. Uh, Canada is typically a place very homogeneous, very uh, typically, um, you know, has very little rapid change in its life expectancy for sure. Uh, it's homogeneous population in general compared to places like here in America. Um, but the uh, interesting thing about that statistic in this government report as the uh, overall um, increase is uh, in, in basically deaths or deaths of, uh, and lowering of the basically life expectancy, they have a 300% rise in deaths of unspecified causes. And it has now become the fifth leading cause of death in Canada is an unspecified cause, uh, which kind of demands us to figure out exactly what's going on there. It's hard to, as doctors for us to treat unspecified causes, wouldn't you say? Stuart? Yeah. Um, sudden adult death syndrome. Don't ask any more questions. Yep. <laughs> So everything right is wrong and wrong is right. Um, 
And of course, we know, uh, of course, I don't think there's anybody that knows better than you in our country about uh, the implications of the spike protein and what it is doing in the blood vessels and beyond the heart, heart tissue itself, not just the spike protein, but the lipid nanoparticle and the other unknown ingredients. Uh, we know that these people are dying from these shots. We have the evidence. And in fact, Dr. McCullough was the lead author in a paper, I think, uh, four or five months ago that looked at uh, a lot of the cases and they implicated, there was direct implication of the shots in 74% of the cases of unknown cause. Uh, exactly. And the other, that, and to me, it didn't, um, the other 26% were not uh, we could, did not say they were not caused by it, but we know for sure that they were caused in almost three fourths of them. So uh, doesn't mean the other quarter percent, you know, twenty six percent were not. I was trying to reiterate it in a way that might be easier to understand. But the whole point is that uh, these shots are deadly, and we've known it. And then the latest data that came out, the last batch tranche of uh, Pfizer documents that the federal judge almost uh, two years ago forced Pfizer to release internal documents is damning. It uh, once again shows they knew the dangers they were inflicting on the world before uh, while they were playing this game the last three years. They knew about it and they refused to do it, even though the contract says that they would that they would surveil and monitor and release data. Of course, they wouldn't. Actually, they requested 75 years. But uh, they knew they weren't going to do it. I forget the big uh, Fortune 500 uh, company, Fortune uh, 100 company that they hired to bring in consultants to evaluate the data. But clearly, they didn't do what they were obligated to doing. And I hope these cases by the Attorney General of Texas and others that are forthcoming uh, reveal them to be the frauds that they are, the yeah. followers of Fauci that they are. I'm still, you know, to me, uh, I think, I think it, you know, I think as much as the regulators uh, tried to act like they understood what was being put in front of them, I think the more and more data that's being revealed, it's pretty obvious that these people didn't understand um, what they were doing. And uh, on top of that, uh, didn't understand uh, genetic, this, this basic, what I would call transfective genetic te technology um, in a way that allowed them to be good arbiters of the information. So it's, 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 uh, it's again, goes back to what Tucker was saying at the beginning. If, if the people in charge don't admit, Hey, you know, I mean, just as, as simple as, we approve something that we really didn't understand and we need to take it off the market. Um, you know, they'll do that for cough syrup. Uh, they won't do it for this. And that is again, hubris. It's also probably covering their rears. And a lot of it is probably embarrassment as well. But uh, all in all, I mean, it starts with admitting that the thing that they promised, the thing they did, uh, didn't work out. Yeah, and uh, more importantly, your underlying ethos 
is deeply flawed. Well, whose ethos is it? As we discussed last uh, last segment, it's the ethos of Fauci and his wife. Yeah, it's a, um, again, we go back to the importance of having a humility in medicine and also a humility in medicine that gives account for a creator, that the people that we're taking care of are um, different than some kind of lab rat. So lastly, I think um, looking at the other thing that's kind of shocking is as the, we may have discussed this last time, but the paper in Nature that discusses the mistranslation of these proteins, I think is making further um, headway into the scientific community. I think that itself is another almost smoking gun that we don't know what's in this. Again, as more and more information comes to light that uh, what was approved, what was said was approved, and uh, the kind of analysis that was done, this mistranslation of proteins or is another kind of, again, smoking gun to say that they did not know what they were looking at. Yeah, and the mistranslation is simply a, uh, the purity of the product, which is always very, very important in the uh, production process, uh, has been deeply flawed. And Jordan, when you're talking about the translational product, what are you talking? What do you actually mean? Uh, so we're saying that when you get an mRNA um, injection, that mRNA with these methylated um, tetrauridine uh, should read from the first, basically the first little instruction. You should read page one, page two, page three, page four. But instead, what's happening in some of these ribosomes is uh, what's ribosomes are the things that are reading them. They're starting at page two. And when you start at page two, you get a very different end result than starting at page one. Yeah. And what he's referring to is in the when our body every minute of the day, gazillions of times throughout the day, the uh, body produces proteins for the cells in every organ to do what they're supposed to do. And that occurs when the nucleus gets a signal and then the gene unfolds from the DNA strand, the two-stranded gene, and then the, there's a transcription. And that's when the messenger RNA, the single-stranded messenger RNA is produced, that then is extruded into the cell outside of the nucleus. And in the cell, what we call the cytoplasm of the cell, is translation. And that's when the messenger RNA, uh, the blueprint for the protein, is then made into the protein. And it's made up of what are called amino acids. And what he's talking about here is there is the lack of purity in these products. The messenger RNA that uh, is injected into people doesn't yield the product like it should. It's a lot of misreads, if you will. So there, there are some abnormal protein strands that are made. Yeah, and anytime your body makes an ab, you know, makes a byproduct of something, it can have effects. Some of those effects can be no big deal. I mean, we take medicines every day, and those medicines can be metabolized into things that really 
we just pee out or poop out or those kind of things. There's a lot of medicines we make that the, or we might take or probably never got to market. The, meta- the metabolites are also active and those active metabolites end up causing issues as well. So the problem is, is sometimes the medicine may be good or may not be harmful, but the uh, secondary product, I mean, in this case, we know the medicine itself is harmful um, because the spike protein is what it's being told to make. But making a spike protein that's just a little different is probably not good either. And so that, mm-hmm. but it, more importantly, it was not told to the regulators that this was possible. I think, again, going back to this, admitting when you're kind of caught, um, I think the more information that comes out about mistranslation, plasma DNA in the actual uh, products themselves, how the manufacturing process was changed in the middle. So a lot of times we get the second manufacturing process, not the manufacturing process for the product that was used in the original trial. All these things are kind of just just additional crumbs, not really crumbs, huge cookies uh, that we are finding that says, hey, this whole process from the start was hurried. We know that, but it was hurried and the people that were looking and evaluating, regulating how it was done, a lot of them had no idea what was going on. I mean, it was as if somebody who'd never flown an airplane is evaluating the, you know, the safety of an airplane. Um, yeah. That that itself is 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 scary. And, and full speed ahead. We're not gonna we're not gonna pause and evaluate this danger signals. We're gonna continue as. J&J got, uh, if I remember correctly, J&J in 2021 uh, got tagged uh, briefly. But um, all of these things are just amazing. Uh, uh, and, and what's interesting, um, and I, we'll just touch on this, but what's interesting is this new Novavax virus, I mean vaccine. Um, once again, I would not advise anybody to get any shot that causes their body to deal with more spike protein, whether it's produced like these messenger RNA shots or the J&J shots, whether your body is producing it or like the new Novavax that they're injecting you with it. I would never advise anybody to do anything to increase their knowingly increase their exposure to the spike protein. It is a it is a horrible pathogen. Um, and so um, protein. Uh, but at least in that, in that one, you don't have the worry about mistranslation. Yeah, exactly. But. That's true. But uh, I still don't think that it makes any sense. Like we have said from the beginning, fundamentally, nobody can answer the question, why would we introduce our uh, body to more of the spike protein? Uh, in any way, shape, or form. It makes no sense. Of the 29 proteins that make up the SARS-2 virus, they should have used any of the other ones that are not a known toxin unto themselves. It makes no sense, never has, never will. Yeah, it kind of, it, it, it in almost every way, especially on top of that, when you consider that they're not sterilizing, um, it doesn't make any sense. And no. so... I mean, I guess in some ways, if it was sterilizing, you might be able to make an argument. But even then, that argument is probably not something that I'm going to be in favor of. But altogether, uh, <laughs> it's 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 mystifying, and it's yeah. it, it it kind of goes against every model of medicine we think about, which is you know understanding a pathogen and understanding exposure to that pathogen is bad, 
is uh, is pretty, you know, basic. Basically, is a fundamental to toxicity, and more exposure to that thing is causes worse outcomes. It's basically the rules of toxicology. There are pathogens. Pathogen exposure is bad. The more pathogen you expose yourself to, worse. So, All right. With that, uh, once again, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, uh, Dr. Jordan Vaughn. I am Dr. Stuart Tankersley on America Out Loud Pulse, iHeart Radio, always one beat ahead. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution, the miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. In 2008, people could spend an average of 12 seconds on a task without becoming distracted. Five years later, it was only eight seconds. The digital age is narrowing our attention span. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top, shoot it down. Thousands of five-star reviews proves it works. Supercharge your brain and see the difference. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. 
So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. With the rise of independent media, we are now AmericaOutloud.news. For the genius of the United States is not found in its executives or legislatures, nor its ambassadors, authors, colleges, or churches, nor even in its newspapers or inventors. The genius of the United States is we the people. AmericaOutloud.news, liberty and justice for all. Out Loud Pulse. I'm Dr. Stuart Tankersley on iHeartRadio, always one beat ahead. And in this segment, we're going to give a quick shout out to the recently released video on Rumble by Dr. Pierre Corey, The War on Ivermectin. He, he wrote a uh, best-selling book by that title, and now he has a video to go with it that's 22 minutes, or that's uh, yeah, about 12 minutes long. And so uh, I'm going to play a segment out of it real quick. That um, memo fired every doctor. Then suddenly me and all my early troop colleagues around the country, we were faced with problems like we'd never had before. So it was the first time in history that we ever saw a doctor who could be prosecuted for using a generic, safe, and effective drug for the application that doctor thought was appropriate. My group of five, the core five of us ICU doctors, collectively were some of the most highly published doctors in the history of critical care medicine. Paul Merrick is the most published practicing intensivist in the world. As we sit here today, I'm the most published person in my field in history. But when COVID-19 hit, my clinical and economic world was turned upside down. That's when our lives started going sideways professionally. Paul started getting numerous complaints against him that he's never had in his career. For the first time in my entire career, I could not be a doctor. I had to stand by idly. I had to stand by idly watching these people die. It is a spellbinding video, and I hope you uh, will take the time out to go. And um, I think it's on the links to today's podcast, to today's show. And so please go and um, follow that. And if you can, buy the book. It's well worth it. It just talks about the hubris of this uh, medical industrial complex that is, uh, you just wonder what their goals are. And I think the goals are pretty well defined by now based on their words and actions. So uh, after that, we are going to um, now talk about a very important interview by Dr. Uh, to me, the greatest historian in America's history, um, uh, Dr. D- uh, Victor Davis Hanson, and he interviews Dr. Uh, Stephen Quay, uh, just just brilliant uh, biologist. He owns his own 
company that is treating, uh, finding new ways to treat effectively breast cancer in ways we haven't done before. But brilliant guy. He's done TED Talks on breast cancer treatments and all like this, but a brilliant guy. And they're assessing the COVID pandemic. And for the next 15 minutes, we're going to review this important interview by Dr. Uh, Victor Davis Hanson and uh, Dr. Stephen Quay. And they make, um, it's an hour long interview and it's on Victor Davis's uh, website, Victor Davis Hanson's website. Um, and they go through several things and the evidence that uh, they, they go over is just spellbinding. Um, they start out talking about how all of this uh, made no sense from the start. Uh, all of the major decisions in the world initially were made based on just this outrageous um, Neil Ferguson uh, projection of, a, of you know millions and millions of people being uh, killed, and uh, it turns out that a wonderful. Uh, Sad uh, study done earlier this year showed that lockdowns cost 20 lives for every one they save. And Dr. Quay goes on to point out that of the 24,000 scientists that are funded by the NIH, mainly through NIAID, Fauci's arm of the NIH, um, 50, only 50 to 60 are working on gain of function. Uh, which is amazing that we're still tolerating this garbage. And he talks about the the uh, rigor at which certain uh, labs uh, must maintain in order to do certain high, uh, uh, highly infectious work. And the BSL-3 and 4 labs are where gain-of-function type of work, usually uh, level 4, uh, they are done while the Wuhan Institute of Virology had a level two that is the equivalent of a dental office in our country. Uh, it's just amazing that this was allowed, of course. Uh, and another interesting thing that I never heard that Dr. Quay talked about was in March of tw uh, 2019, one of the preeminent Wuhan doctors who had a patent she was a patent holder for a major part of the SARS-2 spike protein. He jumped off a roof and killed himself. Or maybe not. Who knows? Um, then he goes on to um, to lay out the five criteria, uh, things that you can do to a, to a virus to qualify as gain of function. The first was... Uh, changing a host. So if you change a virus so that it goes from one type of uh, species, like a bat to a human, uh, then you can do uh, increase infectiveness of uh, the virus. And you can, uh, you can also, the third type is make it more pathogenic. Uh, does uh, It tricks the immune system to make it more deadly. And it downregulates or prevents the immune system that we have uh, to do its job. And the, the first example of this was the HIV virus that they uh, learned about in the 80s and 90s. And then uh, the fourth one was making a virus asymptomatic so that it can uh, um, repeat, you know, it can infect more and more people. 
uh, and therefore hopefully stay alive longer and probably stay alive longer. A fifth one I did not catch in the interview, but uh, the one thing that he, Dr. Quay alluded to was uh, this hubris that these scientists have that we can predict how a virus will adapt and change is amazing. By the way, two of those uh, of the five uh, things you can do, uh, two of them have no civilian value at all. In other words, bioweapon research, uh, which is against anybody's uh, conscience, of course, but uh, these people have no, the hubris is amazing, uh, no humility. Uh, another thing they mentioned was that the newest Novavax vaccine is closer to the old-fashioned immunizations whereby they introduce a type of uh, a, a part of a virus that allows our immune system to um, adapt and get ready for it if it sees it again. But the fundamental question is, it's based off of the spike protein. Um, this thing is a known toxin. It makes zero sense to me and others why we would ever allow spike protein to knowingly be inserted into people because of the 29 proteins, only one is a known toxin by itself, like we said, and that's the spike protein. So it doesn't make any sense at all to do that. Um, uh, Dr. Uh, Hansen alluded to the 8,500 active duty members in our military who have uh, who were kicked out, and now they're all receiving please come back letters. Um, it's astounding that the people that were in charge of our DOD um, have done this to our to our force. Um, and then I want to play for you a couple of minutes of uh, different segments toward the end. Um, and they're addressing the immense amount of power that is being um, that is being allowed to uh, give that's given to these unelected bureaucrats and people who are not accountable to anyone. And so I wanted to play um, the first segment of that. Is that we're giving an enormous amount of power to people who are not only not elected, but they're not subject to audit. And they have enormous amounts of capital at their disposal and power over all of us. Is that one of the lessons that we have to learn from this whole thing? Well, we do, and and and, and again, these some, some of these forces are continuing to march forward. So, for example, before SARS-CoV-2, the WHO had voluntary um, notice requirements for infections and and things along those lines, um, which which are useful. So, um, although it was Taiwan that notified the WHO before China did about SARS-CoV-2 uh, from their own surveillance work, it, th- those sorts of volunteer uh, notifications can be can be extremely useful in a global approach to to, uh, epidemics and pandemics. But out of this process, there is now a pandemic treaty that is working its way through the governments. I I think there is is some serious resistance from European governments. It It may not come about, but let's imagine that it did. This gives the WHO actual uh, authority of law, authority of international law, to, for example, uh, require lockdowns or require, uh, you know, closures of, of airports and ports and that sort of thing. In a transnational sense? 
That is correct, Victor. Wow. That's good. So the sovereignty of the United States would be given up in a uh, – in, in a, what, what all of these organizations do is they first declare an emergency, and that lets them take go down an entire separate path of risk benefits and rights and privileges and freedom benefits uh, process. And so the, 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 the path, the, the spot in the path where, where I think as, as, as citizens, as concerned citizens is we need to, we need to put more uh, thought into the declaration of an emergency because what's that, once that is in place, um, the powers to be are very, are very draconian, draconian. And we've, we've seen that. And, and then when we marry it to technology. Oh. Yeah. And they go off on um, an important part about the technology that's uh, developing and um, how it's the draconian opportunities for these fools is just going to be unparalleled in human history. Um, then then they go toward the la- very last part of the interview and they show a certain, um, he asks Dr. Quay what is, how much he believes in the certainty of a future deadly pandemic. What are the chances in your that we're going to get another pandemic of a of a engineered virus in the next twenty years? You think there's a, po- a possibility, probability? Well, if you give me a twenty year time frame, I'll say absolutely, absolutely. And you yeah. you think it has the it has the ability to be as causes much morbidity or even more than COVID nineteen. Yeah, yes, I do. I have I have particular information on that very topic. So again, let's let's have our let's have our baseline frame. SARS-CoV-2 was a less than one percent lethal virus. The Black Plague was roughly fifteen to eighteen percent lethal. It set European populations back about two hundred years um, in the Middle Ages. So I and collaborators in New Zealand and Australia were able to do forensic analyses inside the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Based on sequences that they uploaded into, you know, uh, mm-hmm. databases, and they didn't know that they had done this. Um, and we saw them working on three viruses: uh, a MERS virus, which is 30 percent lethal, uh, a, a new form of influenza that was fifty nine percent lethal, and the Nipah virus, which is between eighty and ninety percent lethal. And they're doing what you would have done with SARS CoV two in about twenty seventeen with these, moving moving genes around, seeing what seeing what can happen when you when you put genes under different kinds of controls. So the, the, the challenge is always these, these, these viruses, just they have a will to get out, and it doesn't take much to get infected. Um, Nipah virus has a 21-day incubation, asymptomatic incubation inherently, and then it goes straight to your brain and causes uh, severe encephalitis. When I described it to my 16-year-old daughter, she says, well, Dad, that sounds like a zombie. I said, well, yeah, you yeah. might be right. You might be right. So I, I think that unless there are unless there's a will from the people to those governing us to to say enough is enough and and we need to put safeguards in place and I have a I have a whole spectrum of legislation that I've that I keep recommending to folks that I, wow. when I run into somebody in Congress um, we're going to have this happen again. Wow, and he said of you know with certitude based on his good insight and experience. Um, it's amazing. It is absolutely amazing that we uh, tolerated this, these lies and deceptions for so four years now, and uh, it's past time that uh, these people are held to account. Uh, I think the majority of people, given that hardly anybody's getting any more of these shots, 
the, the vast majority of people are on our side. It's time for the politicians to wake up and do the right thing and stop playing, play, stop playing stupid. Because uh, what they have been allow, allowed them to do, these fools to do, these tyrants, these gods, little g, uh, to do is uh, unimaginable. Uh, it's uh, sad that they have been able to do what they've done. And uh, who's going to stop them? The people, uh, I think the vast majority of people, Democrats and Republicans, uh, almost all would be opposed to this if they weren't making money. Uh, but why won't they see it? Well, it's like we've said many times, it's a spiritual blindness that's allowed this to to continue. But uh, like with the light of Christ that arrived 2,000 years ago, it's... Um, it is a spiritual awakening that needs to occur across the globe to put these people in their place and that the lesson is learned for time immemorial that this will never be tolerated again. So uh, with that, we thank you for joining us on America Out Loud Pulse. Seek the truth. Always seek the truth. <laughs>